Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Night Shadows. I'm Stuart Best. Where the paranormal is normal. Where that which you thought you knew, you didn't. And where the future can be known, if you know exactly where to look. Well, good evening, everyone. Thanks for tuning in and listening. And we are fortunate we got Dan Holding on, author of a number of books. Uh, hi, Dan. How are you doing? Hey, Stuart. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. Oh, no problem. And we got Larry. Larry, are you with us? Hey, Stuart and Dan. Glad to have you. Why don't I start with this one? This is a headline. Boom. Trilateral Commission declares 2023 is year one of the new global order. Amid the new world alliances that are forming as India and China seek to normalize relations, and as China just brokered a relationship between Saudi Arabia and Iran, the globalist narratives have opened a new and possible final chapter. An unnamed Trilateral Commission member addressed the meeting and stated, three decades of globalization defined as integrated, free market-based, and deflationary, has been replaced by what will be a multi-decade period of globalization defined as fragmented, not free market-based, but industrial policy-based and structurally inflationary. This year, 2023, is year one of the new global order. What do you think, Dan? I mean, they're coming right out now. Well, uh, you know, if you you guys saw Mega Drought, and one of the things that uh, I wrote in Mega Drought and was said in Mega Drought was that the um, the forces of Revelation had started writing. Um, so I I have to believe that. They may call it year one, but this started, you know, way before this. They they have been pulling the trigger slowly for um, quite some time now, and they could not do what they are doing now without uh, preparation. And as I, you know, as I've written, as I've said on numerous occasions, this is a plan. And you're right, Stuart. Now they're out and out saying that this is their plan. This is what they're going to do. Well, folks, uh, be prepared because from here on out, it's going to get awful, awful ugly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What do you think, Larry, about that? Oh, I think we're we're at that point, and and uh, basically, without the uh, so-called pandemic uh, or the, if you will, uh, bank crisis, or if you will, multiple. Uh, possible war scenarios, they couldn't put all this together in 2023, but here we are. Yeah. Yep. And, you know, uh, running them like that, Larry, that, that sounds an awful lot like Matthew 24, don't you think what Jesus said? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's how it works. Well, 
you know, they've they've been out in the open now for quite a while. And both New York State and now I understand Utah are coming out with their digital driver's licenses as well. They're moving into this ID. What what do you make of that? Uh, I know you've done a lot of research on that stuff, Dan. Go ahead and elaborate on it. Well, I I have a, a personal interest in this, and in that I I don't want one of those. <laughs> uh, so in in Kentucky, um, in Kentucky, they still issue uh, driver's licenses that are not digital and not um, what's the word I'm trying to think of. Uh, not based on a fingerprint or an iPad or anything like that. Yeah, real, real uh, ID, real ID. Yeah, yeah. So they will still issue you one of their older uh, IDs, and my and I didn't know this at the time, but my my birthday was in September, and my ID, uh, my my driver's license expired. So I went I went there to the the DMV and. They said, well, uh, which, which one do you want? Do you want this one that, that you must have in May of next year in order to – folks, I don't know if you understand this. And this was based upon uh, 9-11, right? They, they instituted this law. Um, they've been trying to get this done since 9-11. You can't fly without this, uh, and uh, you, can't, uh, you, you can't get a passport. Uh, and uh, you won't be able, uh, supposedly, to cross states with, without their d- digital ID. Now, that sounds an awful lot like Nazi Germany to me. Papers! Can't see your papers! <laughs> but that, yeah. that is where we are. That, that is what, what, you know, what's about to happen. They cannot institute the, uh, the world that they want without control, and that is one more means of control. And... It, all the countries are going to them. You know, it's, uh, you, you won't be able to get out of it. The Bible says that at, in the last days that uh, you will have to have the mark of the beast in order to buy or sell. And, by the way, it will, they will know everything about you. Now, I don't think for a second that that new ID is, is the, the mark of the beast, but I'm certain that it's leading to the mark of the beast. Now, it, you know, you mentioned the new global order. There was a, an article that just recently came out. And it says, uh, the, the headline is, China proposed initiative on global civilization hails, right? In other words, <laughs> they are talking about, it's Z himself at their Congress, uh, is literally talking about a global citizenship, a, a global um, uh, means uh, to say that we are one world, right? We're all the same. You've heard the same thing from the Pope. Francis, right? He said kind of the same thing. You've heard this from other people, the WAF, right? And now Z is, is saying this. But, I, you know, whatever system they put in place, uh, you will have to have a social credit score in order to participate, I promise you. So, Stuart, they, they could not get there, and they're, all of them are chomping at the bit to get there, uh, but they have to bring down the current world order. And they can say that this is this year is the, the first year of it, but before it really kicks off, they got to get rid of the United States and the dollar, by the way, which they are doing both of. So we're yes. not far. We're not far. And along with that global war comes uh, uh, a uh, one-world religion, a one-world currency, and the Antichrist. So 
Folks, when we wrote Mega Drought uh, last year and, and we said that the horses were riding, trust me when I say the horses are riding. And you can't really see their effects just yet, but we, I think, we, fellas, we are that deep into the, the end of the age. We are. Oh, absolutely. The signs are everywhere, and they're multiplying rapidly. And now with this new banking uh, situation we've got, which I believe is staged, is going to lead to this new order. Here's a headline. Wow, Federal Reserve lending to banks $150 billion this week alone. That's from Hal Turner. And uh, he says anyone who thinks the banking system is stabilized should know that the Federal Reserve Bank has just lent $150 billion to banks this week by themselves. The chart, and then he's got a lending chart. It's, it's amazing what's going on. Um, and Yellen, I think, went before Congress and said, well, we're going to prop it up with $2 trillion. So... What they're doing, what, what's your take on what they're doing? I think they're taking over all the banks, and this is just part of the overall, you know, they've got the perfect excuse, well, we can't let this thing fail, and at the same time, they'll move well, it into digital. Yeah, go ahead. Let me, um, first of all, let me, and I never talk about such things, but let me, let me give my bony fees to your audience so they know that I know what I'm talking about. Uh, I was in the financial arena for a long time. I lived through the dot-com burst <laughs> bubble. At uh, I was at Merrill Lynch at the time. Uh, a couple years later, I opened up my own practice uh, as a private guy uh, doing investments for millionaires, right? Uh, and I lived through 2000, 2007, 2008. Uh, so trust me when I tell you, audience, that I know what I'm talking about. I wasn't... I was a retail guy, so I wasn't in, in the, you know, doing uh, high-flying, you know, deals like uh, mergers and stuff like that. But I, I, uh, I was doing significant work in this industry, and I started at the time that I started with Merrill Lynch. They were the third largest um, uh, house on the street, on Wall Street. So they were very significant. It wasn't until they they nearly went bust in 2008 when they got bought by um, B of A and, and turned into something much less. But the point is that I know what I'm talking about. I'm not I'm not as smart as some of these guys, but I know what I'm talking about. So it, the, that number is actually one hundred and sixty four point eight billion dollars that the banks borrowed from the Fed this week alone. Right, and that is more than all of the crisis of 2008 than borrowing in in one week. That is insane. Now, there's a lot of underlying factors here that I think your your audience needs to understand why things are happening the way they're happening. Now, I'm, I'll try not to make this sound too dry because it's financial stuff, and I really I avoid the subject when I can because of the uh, the pain <laughs> of it. But, um, all right, so in order to understand why things are happening the way we are, you have to understand the system. What is going on with the system? Why is it crashing, all right? So people think 
that uh, if I if I ask most people what backs the dollar, and you guys are smart, you're good, you'll say nothing. <laughs> and you, you'd be right, nothing backs the dollar except the confidence of the United States to back that dollar, right? It, it back that debt instrument. The dollar is a debt instrument. In other words, it's it's a, a loan, if you will, right? Uh, so what you are seeing right now in the market is a breakdown in this confidence, meaning that, oh, wait, the government really can't take care of every, everybody, right? And so this is why they keep throwing money at the situation. But here's the problem, okay? We, uh, you know, we actually, the, the system is based on fractional reserve. It's a fractional reserve banking system. Most people don't understand this. When you go into a bank and you deposit $1,000, Right, they can they can you know lend out money on that thousand dollars. Now you might be shocked by by that audience and think, well, wait a minute, I thought they just kept my money safe for me. No, they they don't have their own money. They use OPM, other people's money. Right, so this is what they do. Right, but what's really crazy is that they can lend out. Now get this: most people have no clue about this. Of your thousand dollars, they can lend out nine hundred dollars of it. And that what that that ten percent that remains, that is supposedly this is why this is where it gets its name. Supposedly, it's a fraction of their overall deposits, folks. This means that when when you, there's a bank run, it's because people are rushing to their money to get it out of the bank, but the bank doesn't have it because they either put it in their own pockets, they they made other investments, or they lent it out. They don't have it. That's why there's bank runs. And that's what we saw last Friday with SVB, Silicon Valley Bank. SVB was solvent. They didn't have any issues whatsoever. Well, I mean, I say that. The business model stunk, but they didn't have issues as far as nearly going bankrupt. Well, what happened is there was an investment firm uh, in the Silicon Valley that got wind of their books. They were trying to do a a sale of – some stock to raise more capital. Well, what the investment firm did is they looked at the papers and they said, wait a minute, SVB's got real issues, right? So, and because SVB catered to all the uh, the tech companies, right? They told, which also were the clients of this investment firm, they said, you got to get your money on SVB. Now, what that did is, you know, guys like Thiel, the guy from that started PayPal, they ran to the bank and got all their money out. Within uh, less than a day, they took out something like uh, $37 billion out of that bank. That's all the bank had, right, because they lent out all the other money to the, uh, to the startup companies and stuff. So, so that's where that bank run came from. Well, so then that starts a, a domino effect. And, Larry, when I, when I reached out to you uh, yesterday just to chit-chat with you on this issue for a second – I, I told you something, and, and that's when you said, we got to talk on the radio. Well, look, I said on, uh, on a podcast uh, last week when, when this first happened, well, first let me, let me, let me back up. Uh, I usually do Steve Quayle's podcast on Wednesdays, and um, Steve has been a little under the weather, so he asked me to do uh, not only his podcast last Friday, but take the rest of the week for him, so I, I did. Well, but I asked him. He never tells me what to say. But I, you know, I always want to be respectful of him and his audience. I, I said, well, is there anything particularly you want me to talk about? Off the top of his head, you know, you, you know 
people say what they want about Steve Quayle, but that man hears from God. <laughs> Off the top of his head, he said, well, you're a financial guy. You, you, uh, you, can, you can talk about the economy and the finances if you want, because they're, they're, they're pretty rocky at the moment. This is before any of this happened. I was like, yeah, man, you know, I okay, well, I'll think about it, right? In the back of my mind, I already had something else I wanted to talk about. <laughs> and it wasn't going to be that. So I roll out of bed on Friday, and I see what happened to the SVB, but not only SVB, to Signature Bank as well. They, they closed down Signature Bank as well, and people don't even know that. But the reason why uh, Silicon Valley Bank was so predominant in the news because all the tech companies that they were dealing with. I was like, oh, well, I guess I'm supposed to be talking about the economy and, and, and finances and stuff. So – so that's how this started. But I said to the audience that – this is why I bring this up. I said to the audience that morning, I said, look and, – and, and I told them the same thing I just told your audience. I, I said, look, I, it's not like I don't know, the, the, you know these trends. And I'm telling you, I think I said that this is a contagion. This is – and I said at that time, I said this is systemic. I mean, it goes through the whole system. This is this – is, a, a dangerous place to be because, folks, I think this is the beginning of the end. And that's what I told you, Larry, when we talked on the phone yesterday, and that's why you said you got, you got to come on the radio. Now, here's the other issue, okay? And the other thing I told you, Larry, is that I asked you if you remembered the vision by David Wilkerson from 1973. You said you did. And, audience, if you don't know, if you're not familiar with what I'm talking about, David Wilkerson had a vision where he saw – you could say he saw 2023 because the things that he described in there are exactly what is going on in the world today. But he saw the – and he didn't put a date on it, by the way. I, I'm just saying that he saw – because it was so accurate in what's going on today. What, but what he saw as far as the economy goes, he saw a contagion running wild through the world. And uh, – it started in Germany, and it collapsed the economy. Then the contagion went to Japan, and it collapsed that economy. Then it came to the United States, right, and it collapsed our economy, meaning the whole world's economies went into collapse, right? When, when I say collapse, audience, it is worse than the Great Depression, and not just in the United States, all over the world. And the problem is they were all blame us. They would blame us because the dollar has been the world's reserve currency for over 50 years. They were blaming the United States. So we will be uh, spurned by all the other nations of the world. Uh, now, okay, Daniel, you, you said, uh, you know, Germany, Japan. I haven't heard those things. And, you know, we have our own issues here. All right, so – one other thing, and I'll stop this boring financial discussion, <laughs> but all this is relevant, okay? One of the things that people don't understand is that in 2007, 2008, what caused those issues were, were, were bad investments called derivatives. Derivatives yes. are mortgage uh, CMOs, mortgage-backed uh, uh, bonds, if you will, that are, have no value because the the, the people that own those houses went broke. They were foreclosed on whatever the case may be. It's bad debt. And so this is what brought down um, 
uh, at first it was, uh, I think it was uh, Indy Mac, which was a lender, uh, a, a mortgage lender. Then Fannie Mae got taken over. Then Freddie Mac got taken over by the government. It was a domino effect, and then eventually it, it caused Lehman to go out of business as well. And that's what started that whole mess back then. And everyone knew that it was derivatives, right? But not just us. I mean, there's derivatives throughout the world. But instead of writing that bad debt off of their books, what they did is they spread that contagion. That's why I call it a contagion throughout the whole world to, to like balance the, their balance sheets so they wouldn't have to deal with it, so they wouldn't have to take a loss, right? So instead of letting banks move, go the course, because it would have it would have put a lot of banks out of business and it would have hurt a lot of people, but it would have it would have flushed the system. Instead of doing that, they spread it throughout the world, and now that. Which, and so at the time, the derivatives debt on the books was in the billions of dollars, right? They've just keep, kept adding to that debt. It is, folks, it is all across the world, and it is in the quadrillions of dollars now. This is what I mean by systemic. They cannot fix the system. They cannot fix what is going on right now. And, and all they needed was a fuse right, to start a, a collapse, so that is what you're seeing right now. Now, as far as Germany goes, there's a little bank that you might have heard of it. I don't know if you know, uh, Deutsche Bank. Right? It's like the, the biggest private bank in the world. It's maybe the second biggest. It's huge. And they have a huge derivative debt, uh, debts on their books. Mm-hmm. That, and they are already having issues. Credit Suisse also has serious issues with derivative debt. And today... Their stock yesterday, their stock kept tanking. Today, it kept tanking. Uh, they finally got an infusion of cash, a bailout from the Swiss government, the Swiss central bank, the, their, their federal government, if you will. Uh, and, and they were thinking that was going to stem the bleeding. It didn't. It kept going down today. Uh, and then going over to Japan, uh, Japan is in way worse shape than we are. I mean, they. Their economy is not growing at all, and they have done exactly what we did with the – not we, but the federal government uh, – with QE1, QE2, QE Infinite, printing money like crazy. Now, their economy is on the verge of collapse as well. So, it'll be, according to David Wilkerson, it will be Germany first, then Japan, then here, and then everywhere. And here's, here's my point, Okay. That, and I'm sorry, audience, for that detailed explanation of what's going on right now. But the whole reason I believe that this started now, Stuart, and this is, you know, look, I'm a conspiracy guy, right? <laughs> I'm a conspiracy theorist, right? <laughs> you remember last week, last Wednesday, I think it was, or Thursday, there was uh, there have been hearings uh, on the Biden's, uh, Biden's financial escapades, right? And it came out in those hearings that they got money directly from the Chinese Communist Party, right? Millions of dollars, right? And this was this was brought up not only in that committee hearing, but the, the people that that took interviews, congressmen took interviews after on television, CNBC talking to Maria Barcelona, uh, said it is worse than we thought, and and it is we we caught them red-handed. All right. All of a sudden, that makes that's headline news. Everybody's talking about that. But then, almost the very next day or two days later, SVB collapses, and and we we're in the middle of a banking crisis. Now, no one is talking about that. 
So, Stuart, when you say that it is purposeful, you're not kidding. I mean, they did this on purpose. But I think, see, they, they have to collapse the economy uh, because they want to come back with a digital currency uh, for the world that they can monitor everybody. They have to because that's what Revelation says, the mark of the beast, right? Yes, but yes. The, yep. the, the, the problem is that because they did what they did to cover up Biden's mistakes, right, they lit that fuse a little, a little too soon. I don't think they were quite ready to do what they're doing, right? And so this is why you got Janet Yellen over the weekend saying, by the way, folks, Janet Yellen was the Fed chairman uh, before she was a Treasury secretary. The Fed chairman, by all rights, is probably a more um, prestigious position than the Treasury secretary because the Fed chairman is really in charge. <laughs> Those guys, they're really in charge. The Fed's really in charge, and, and, and the Treasury is beholden to the Fed. But the point, and the federal, the, the, the Fed is not federal, by, by, the, by the way, audience. They're not part of the government, the Federal Reserve. They're not part of the government. Uh, it's just a name. But yeah. my, my point is, is that she did a terrible job at the Fed, terrible, worst chairman in history, and now she's the United States Treasury Secretary. And she's a I, – I shouldn't say this, but she's an idiot. She, <laughs> she's an idiot. And she, was, she was on television and in the news on Saturday morning after all this trouble with – SVB say, nope, we're not having any bailouts. We're not going to bail out anybody. There's not going to be any bailouts this time out. And she said, she took one step further, the, the taxpayers aren't going to have to pay one dime against uh, any of that uh, money. Oh, wait a minute. That is exactly what has happened. By Sunday morning, they were all running around with their hair on fire trying to put out this mess, Right. And, and they came up, they wrote new legislation on Sunday, right, that gave them the authority to bail out all these banks. But it's not just FDIC, right? Uh, for FDIC, you can, if you have $250,000 in the bank, you get all that back. Anything over $250,000, you're considered a creditor, according to FDIC. Well, they're giving people's, they're giving everybody's money back, including those tech companies. That is billions and billions of dollars. We don't have it. We don't have it because they will not raise the debt ceiling. They can't. Because you know what else happened last week, Stuart? China started dumping all of our treasuries. They started flooding the market with American treasuries. You know what happened two days before that? The, uh, the, the, the Federal Reserve went out for an auction of their 10-year notes, right? They had zero takers. They sold no treasury notes that day. Nobody in the world wants our debt anymore. And we're printing money like crazy. Folks, if you don't know this, what that does to the dollar in your pocket, when they print $5 for every one you have, it dilutes the value of the dollar in your pocket. That's why when you go to the grocery store now, you look at eggs in there, you got to take out a second mortgage just for a dozen <laughs> eggs, right? <laughs> I, guys, I, I went to Kroger uh, uh, two weeks ago, right, a week ago, and uh, we, we buy the, the Kroger brand. This is a little personal, but we buy the, the Kroger brand of their toilet paper, right? and we'll buy the, like the 24-pack, right? Now, just last year during COVID, right, about six months ago, 
that that pack of toilet paper went from fifteen dollars to twenty dollars. I was like, wow, that sucks. I'm, that's not good. So, uh, but I was so surprised because I, when I went to the, the the grocery store this last week and got the same pack, I hadn't got it for about a month. It went up another five dollars. So. And in, in, in less than a year, that toilet paper has jumped by more than 50%, 60%. Now, that is inflation, folks, and that's what happens when they print money out of thin air. You do pay for it, and Janet Yellen was lying through her teeth because she knows that. In fact, you mentioned that she was before Congress. She was before Congress today in a hearing. Now, get this, right? This is... This is so funny, right? It's, it's, I can't. So I was saying last week that Janet Yellen's a liar. They're liars. They're all liars, right? They're just lying to the public, and they expect you to believe it. Now, she's sitting in front of this congressional hearing, and uh, Senator Ron Johnson says this to her, right? Because they're trying to get. To, actually, this is a hearing on raising the debt ceiling, but Johnson says to her, "Would you agree? Those are the top three." Causes of inflation, deficit spending, high energy costs, and supply dislocations. And then Nealon says, she looks like, no, no, I don't believe that deficit spending is one of the main causes of inflation. What? He says, he says you don't. Now, guys, either she is an idiot or she lies with her teeth. And I was probably both with her. But the point is that. Every time they, they spend money, every time they create money out of nothing, it takes it right out of your pocket. And now, because they've backed themselves in the corner with this uh, uh, banking crisis and they're going to refund everybody's money, they're going to make sure everybody gets their money to the tune of trillions of dollars. Guys, what are we going to do? You can't fix that. That contagion has already spread to Europe. That contagion has already spread – to the, the, the Asian markets as well. So they have, they have lit a fuse that they cannot quench, guys. And I'm sorry for that long rant, but i I got to get that off my chest. Because what they're doing is should be illegal. You couldn't do that. I couldn't do that. That would be illegal. <laughs> they're doing it. Mm-hmm. And they run, they run on the country. Wow. Well, you know, what's interesting, too, there's a book called Phoenix Rising. I don't know if you've ever read it. And it's about an Indian shaman lady, and uh, her name is Noise. And at first when I read it, I thought, well, this is just somebody's made up. But I interviewed Red Elk. I don't know if you're familiar with Red Elk, but he was given a vision by the Lord. And part of that vision was also problems with the economy. But she says here uh, about the stock market, that going to fall like big tree and forest. That's going to be all gone. But it uh, takes time, she says. Money places going to stop. They're not going to give out more big monies to build. No more people's going to have monies for houses. No more places left to sell houses even. Uh, so um, Mary Summerrain says, well, are you sitting here there telling me that all new construction will stop, that houses will no longer be built, that real estate agents will be a thing of the past. Are you telling me that, Noise? 
and she said uh, she kept rocking her chair, not answering, and uh, she says, yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. So the whole thing implodes. She says it's like a whirlpool. And, and, and I believe you're right. I think this is the start of that big whirlpool. And they got it. You know, it's so yeah. interesting that they've got this. At the same time, they're all coming out with this new digital currency that Biden signed what last year. And now they say they want to start well, rolling I mean, they, it out in July this year. They they got to get to the mark of the beast. Uh, well, I don't think the currency that Biden is promoting is going to go anywhere because our that's going to be on based on the dollar and the dollar is going to collapse. So, and in, in relatively short order, it's not going to it's not going to be around anymore, which means that we're not going to be around anymore. Uh, but, uh, you know, when Jesus says that there's going to be wars and rumors of wars and he names all this other stuff, understand it's all happening at the same time. But the terrifying thing is, is he says that's only the beginning of birth pains. But yes. let me go back to what uh, Noah said. There's a, when I was still in the industry, it was probably about 2007, 2008, something like that. And I uh, I had my practice, my business inside of my home. We lived in this old Victorian home on a main drag, and it was, it was big, so we didn't use the whole thing. And the, the front of it, we converted to our office, and that's where I would have clients. Uh, and and um, I had one of my best clients in there. We were talking about his portfolio, whatever the case may be. And he, Stuart, I read this book. It's called The Creature from Jekyll Island by G. Edward Griffin. You yep. ever heard this book? Yep. Oh, yeah. It, 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 it's, a, it's a classic, uh, but it talks about the Federal Reserve. It talks about our banking system and our money system, and it, it warns that it's a big Ponzi scheme, basically. So I'm mm-hmm. in the financial industry dealing with people's portfolios and making significant investments for them, and I read this book. Note to self, if you're in the financial industry, don't do that <laughs> because it will change your paradigm, and that's exactly what it did to me overnight. So I'm walking this client, this really good client out, and my mind is on this book, right? And, and uh, he says to me, well, what happens if, you know, this happens, if the economy goes down, and I said, you know what? It probably didn't even matter because it's all going to collapse anyway. He said, what? <laughs> what do you mean? There was one of those situations where he said, you think to yourself, did I say that out loud? Yeah, I really did say that out loud. I, I, I covered it up. I said, ah, we'll, we'll move you to bonds or we'll, we'll do something safe for you, right? So you'll be fine, right? But I knew right then and there that I could not be in that business any longer because my paradigm had shifted. I couldn't be part of that. Uh, so I got greedy and tried to do something else, and that ruined me. But the point is that I saw writing on the wall back then. Now, fast forward to when I started writing, and in that, um, it was in the As the Darkness Falls, my second novel, uh, years ago. And the Lord showed me so, as you, you guys have read the books, the Lord showed me so many things uh, in in that book. But one of the things that he showed me was an absolute collapse and uh, starvation, famine, uh, but it, it started with the collapse of the economy. So when you hear, you know, no eyes say something like that, or you hear David Wilkerson say something like that, there have been other men and women of God that have saw the same thing. And this is, this is for certain. And as I said, I don't think they were quite ready for that, but I think 
because they were trying to cover up the stuff that with Biden, they ended up lighting the fuse anyway. And I, other people can't be happy about that. <laughs> yeah. Larry, what do you think? Oh, I think y'all are hitting right on. And uh, and I was thinking as, as Daniel was talking, it, it's been quite some time since he wrote those novels and, to me, it seems like almost yesterday when, you know, I was sharing and he was writing and we were talking, and that's been years ago now. And, and he's got, you know, he put those three books out, and I think he was going to write another one. But, uh, you know, that mega drought, it was it was incredible. And, of course, uh, Daniel, you know, you guys just uh, just got out the, uh, the DVD. We, we can get into that in a little bit, but... Lies of Men and Gods, Exposing the Fallen Angel Agenda. That even takes us down the rabbit hole that we're not sure is a rabbit hole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I read those books. Uh, I, I did those books over a decade ago, and uh, it was it was uh, amazing to see because so many of the things in those books uh, ended up coming true. Uh, and people kept asking me, how did you know, Daniel? How did you know that? How did you I don't know. I, I don't know anything. I'm just a guy. I'm just, you know, I, I just told you, I'm a, I got, yeah, whatever. I mean, I got a degree and uh, had business guy and all this stuff. But ultimately, the things that I talked about in those books, they were not for them. They're for the future. They're for what's going on now. And that can only be God warning his people. And, and when that kind of thing happens, you better make sure you give him credit when he tells you what's going on. So he gets all the glory for all that stuff, Larry. And I, I still marvel at, at some of the things. And then people ask me, uh, you know, details and stuff, uh, how, where did I get the background and stuff. And I've, because they've been out so long, I've lost a lot of the background that I had. But uh, I just, uh, you know, I marvel at what God does. And it's the same thing for Megan Drown, the same thing for, you know, uh, uh, this last movie. I've been writing for years now, and... and Ultimately, I am astonished by what God does. I'm writing a, a biography for somebody right now, a lady, and and I, you know, I, I struggle. Great story, but it can be a little depressing. Uh, and and so I, I I'm asking the Lord, Lord, you know, how do I how do I fix this? And I get all this stuff in my head all of a sudden, saying, Okay, go here, do this, that. And, and I, you know, I just marvel at stuff like that I, because I can't know. I don't know. You know, it's got to be God. It's the Holy Spirit doing what the Holy Spirit does. I, I told the audience today uh, on a podcast, I told them, I said, look, I said, you don't know. And I'm talking to those believers that know the Lord. I'm not talking to, you know, badge-wearing Christians and they wear a badge and they belong to a club. That's not who I'm talking about because I would question whether you really know the Lord or not, right? You know the <laughs> Lord if you have a, a trans um, what's the word I'm trying to think of? A transformative uh, meeting with him, a transformative introduction to him, and you're not the same. The Bible says that he makes us new creations. If you became a new creation after you met him, then you know the Lord. And if you are continually walking his ways and you're repenting and you're, you're, you're loving on him, you're worshiping him, uh, you know, you're in his word, then you know the Lord, Right. You're walking with him, and you say this all the time, Stuart. I remember when I first heard you say it, it's not if the Lord, it's not if you know the Lord, it's if the Lord knows you. <laughs> and that's what I mean. You, unless you have a deep relationship with the Lord, I would question whether or not you know the Lord. 
You may know about him, but, but you may not know him. But here's the point. I was telling the audience today, I said, look, if you know the Lord, right, you do not understand the power that lives within you. Because the Bible says that the power that raised Christ from the dead lives in you. Now, what is that power? Quick, quick story. When I was in the, the Air Force, I, uh, uh, I was stationed uh, in, in Mississippi. My wife and I lived off base, and we had never uh, uh, been through a tornado. She's from Montana. I'm from uh, California. You know, give me a good earthquake anytime, but I don't do tornadoes. And same way with her. She was, she was like, freaked out about it. So we, we get our first tornado warning, right? Or watch. This is a tornado watch. So she's like, oh, you need to call somebody from church so he tells us what to do. <laughs> I was like, all right, I'll call. I'll call. So, so I called somebody, and, and, and the lady said, this is a man and wife, and they said, they're friends of, us, friends of ours from church about our age. And he said, oh, don't, don't worry about it. There had been a tornado down there in the area. You'll be fine. Right? Because we lived, uh, we had a great little house. We, we lived, and we were renting. And we lived uh, just with this uh, uh, bayou in the back of us, and, you know, so it was secluded, it was nice, and there's trees and stuff. So anyway, I get off the phone with her, and I said, oh, they said we don't have to worry about it. Stuart, no sooner had those words came out of my mouth than all of a sudden there was this boom on the side of the house. And my wife was standing next to the couch, and she did a lateral jump straight up in the air up on the couch. We had two black cats at the time who were in the back of the house, and they took off like like two bolts of black lightning. I mean, it was amazing. And I'm like, she said, what was that? Oh, I, I don't know. I don't know what that was. So all of a sudden, there's a knock at the door. Bam, bam, bam. So, so I'm, I'm, I'm staggering to the door. I'm like, it's my neighbor. And he says, are you guys okay? And I said, well, you know why? He said, because lightning just hit your house. <laughs> so, so we had this. Uh, we had these two huge pine trees in the corner of the, the corner of our house, right? And and they were huge. And when you went outside, I looked up, and the lightning had went down through the middle of them like a pinball. Ding 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 ding. And then it shot off in the corner of the house. Boom! Right. And the, it was smoldering a little bit. You know, you use the hose to put the, the fire out. So anyway, I call up the landlord the next day, and I said, look, lightning hit the house. You know, it, took, it hit some trees. He, oh, it hit trees? Yeah, yeah, it hit trees. So, so, so he sends out a tree guy, right? And I, this is Mississippi, right? The tree guy that came out was, is the epitome of a redneck Mississippian. <laughs> I'm telling you. Because he was chewing tobacco. He literally had bib overalls on him with no shirt, and he had a big old belt, right? <laughs> he had a ball cap on, and he's got a paper clip in front of him. Now, this is this is amazing to me. I'm 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 really getting somewhere with this story. Right? So he looks at this his his clipboard. He says, "Well, I'm standing right there next to him. Well, this tree is good. These trees are going to have to come down." I said, "Really? Why? We love those trees. They give the house shade. They make the yard look nice." The guy looks at me, he turns his head like I'm absolutely nuts. <clears throat> and then he says this. He says, son, the monocular structure in those trees has changed. They're going to die. <laughs> it's like, oh, I just had to come out. <laughs> so then, then, just then, the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart, and he said, and that was just a, a, a flick of my pinky. That. <laughs> It's the power that raised Christ from the dead. 
and that lives in you. I was like, wow. I looked at that <laughs> the tree guy, and I excused myself. But I have never forgot that. And if people understood the power that lives inside of them through the Holy Spirit, they would walk differently. They would be different. They wouldn't be fearful about the things that are coming upon the earth because those things have to come. All the things that Jesus said, remember what he said? He said, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives to you. My peace, right? And we are able to walk in the peace and power of the Holy Spirit even at the end of the age. If we listen to him, if we worship him, and if we uh, are in his word. It doesn't mean, and if we're repenting, it doesn't mean that bad things won't happen to us. I can't. I can't promise you that, audience. What I can promise you is what he says in this word. He says that he makes all things work for good to those that love him and are called yep. according to his purpose. So even if we die, even if it gets that bad, right, even if we die, he is able to, to bring us back to life because that's what knowing Jesus is. It, it's about eternal life, right? For God's the love of the Lord that he gave his only son, that in whoever should believe him. So, so, folks, is ugly. And, I, you know, I go into all kinds of stuff about the economy and wars and rumors. And people begin to get scared. And I tell them, don't, don't be scared. It has, these things have to happen. And, you know, sometimes, uh, I, you know, people think I'm a joy killer. <laughs> I just, Stuart, I believe in telling the truth, just like you guys. Yeah, I mean, well, this is what apostasy does. That's why I think there's so much panic. You know, they don't know what to do. They just panic. And uh, this is going to get, like you said, uh, it's, it's going to really get horrific, and people just have, will have no clue as to who to turn to. I mean, you know, it's, the apostasy within the church is such a is so great now that I don't it'll take a miracle to bring it back. And, of course, God is capable of miracles, but <laughs> it makes you wonder sometimes, is he going to perform a miracle, or are we just on the way out in the apostasy and evil people grow worse and worse? Yes to both. Yes to both. Because, okay, so there is, there is a talk of a great revival coming, right? People will talk about this in mainstream church all the time, right? There's a great revival coming. You hear the, you hear the, you know, the evangelists on TV say, there's a great revival coming, right? And, and I'm looking around the world, I'm going, uh-huh. They, they won't even let you say Jesus' name anymore. You can't even say that. You can't say his name. They don't preach the word, right? People do what – they got gays and lesbians in the pulpits, right? Uh, where's that revival coming from? Where, where's it coming from? Now, how, but they, there is a great revival coming, but to get there, it is – folks, it's going to be ugly. If you don't believe me, read the book of Joel, right? <laughs> because it says in Joel that the, 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 the – uh, the moon turns red, the sun goes black, and there's stuff raining down from the sky. And in that moment, that's judgment, right? That, if you take the book of Joel and you compare it to Revelation or the book of Daniel, they're all seeing the same thing. That's judgment. But at that time, that's when God pours out, all his, uh, pours out his spirit on all mankind, it says. Mankind has left, anyway. Uh, that's when... when uh, Revival comes. And even then, according to the book of Revelation, 
some people will still, they will still refuse to acknowledge him, refuse to repent. Uh, but every knee will bow and every tongue will confess when Jesus makes landfall. <laughs> they won't have a choice. If he's so powerful, they won't have a choice, you know. Uh, so there's revival coming, but revival comes in the midst of judgment this time. And, uh, yep. you know, they, it's going to be ugly. It's going to be ugly. But, again, these things have to happen. Well, the other thing that's going to come, too, here we have an economic collapse evidently starting. Uh, you know, if Noah says it goes to zero, the only thing I could come up with that would make the stock market go to zero would be a derivative collapse. Would you agree with that, or do you think that just the whole thing just goes down anyway? Well, I've said, and seen this collapse, I've written in, in those books that it was a 80, 85% collapse. But um, that's just my gut feeling. I don't have anything to back that up. But um, which which is which is trillions of dollars, so so you understand. I mean, gee, this is at least fifteen percent left. No, well, well, I mean, everybody else suffered beside that fifteen percent. But uh, I, you know, as I think about this about that question, you know what would make the stock market go to zero? A nuclear bomb in New York City, Manhattan. That would make <laughs> yeah. it go to zero. Uh, and I, I think, well, the, but the the idea of uh, a derivative bomb, not a physical bomb, but a the derivative bomb going off, and 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 it is entirely possible that it takes out the whole system. And I, I seriously think that's that's what's ahead. I, I think that, and I, I told the audience uh, I have been talking this week. I, I don't know when. I'm, I don't have a crystal ball. I can't tell you. You know, it's tomorrow. I can't tell you. It's next week. Yeah, people say, oh, you got to pull out. They were doing this uh, on Friday. Yeah, you go down and pull out money in the bank. See, money. Well, what, nobody knows how long it's going to take. Of course, there. You know, the, the powers that be aren't going to sit by and just let it happen because people would understand they're just sitting by and let it happen. They they would try to do something. So this is why I think uh, it's it's going to buy us a little time. I don't think it's going to buy us very much time because, as I said, this is a contagion. And when that that fuse, because, sir, you, you're absolutely right, that fuse is headed to that derivative bomb. Uh, banks, you know, SVB had $46 billion in assets. That's nothing. That is not, well, it may sound like something me and you, but it, it's nothing. You know, the, the derivative bomb is quadrillions of dollars. There is not enough wealth in the world to cover that debt. And mm-hmm. when that bomb goes off, it will take down every bank, and it will take down the stock markets. So is that when things go to zero? Maybe so. Maybe so. Well, yeah. It's uh, Then you've got the arrival coming. The other, we could get into that. And, uh, you know, the fallen ones, the angels, that's – we're, you know, I, you, I'm sure you've watched Ancient Aliens on TV. Sure. Uh, what sure. a what a artful display of lies! Really, uh, they're leading everybody down this primrose path that 
these are the gods that created us. And uh, I know you've done a, a lot of stuff on that. What What's the latest? Now, is that a DVD that's available now? The, the lies? Yeah, of, yeah uh, it is. It is. It is. And uh, uh, when we get off the air here, if you send me your your uh, your uh, contact information, I'll make sure you get one. But oh, this okay, is thank uh, you. something that we you're welcome. We we talk about in that film. We talk about uh, panspermia, um, and that's exactly what you're talking about. Uh, panspermia is the idea that aliens seeded the are you know human beings here now i don't want to give away too much of the movie uh, because it goes into detail it tells us it, it larry you've seen the movie right uh yeah yeah does it does it connect the dots from this the simple ideas to the more complicated ideas and does it does it answer that question Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and a couple of movies came to mind, Daniel, when, you know, uh, just now when you were talking about that, and I'm sure you've probably seen both of them, but uh, one of them is Mission to Mars. You remember that one and how that sure. played out. Yeah. And then the other one is Prometheus, if you remember that one. Yeah, yeah no, both those movies. I like both those movies, by the way. I like that kind of thing. Uh, but the idea of panspermia, the fact that, Alien seeded life here is is something from the pit of hell. I mean, it really, really is. Because when you're, you're right, sir, when they do show up, right, they're going to say, "We're your gods, right? We're your creators." And there are already people saying that they're waiting for them to come, uh, so they they, they, they uh, uh, so that they will uh, uh, worship them, if you will. But they're fallen angels, and, and these aliens are masquerading. They're fallen angels that are masquerading as aliens, or they've been genetically uh, manipulated, right? But you know, this is interesting. There was a, the idea. This is how crazy this is right now. The, I remember about uh, I don't know, uh, probably fifteen years ago, before I was writing. Uh, but I, I still had crazy ideas, and we had uh, uh, some friends that came in from Michigan, and uh, he's a finan- he was a financial guy too. So we were and they were tight with us. Our families were very close, and so we all went to. They came into California to visit, and they stopped in to see us. And we went to the beach one day. So you know the husbands over running around with kids playing around stuff like that, and I'm sitting there standing talking to his wife, and, and, and my wife is standing there as well. And, and I said something about UFOs and aliens. She, she, I'm like, she, she brings her, her hand to her, her neck and she says, well, I, 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 don't, I don't believe in UFOs. I said, why not? She said, well, I've never seen one. So I don't believe in UFOs. Now, that was 15 years ago, maybe less than that, maybe 12 years ago or so. But... Now, the whole and, – and, you know, if you talked about aliens and UFOs, you know, you were ridiculed. You didn't foil half people, right? But now they're having hearings in Congress because it is so obvious what is going on in our skies. And you have people gravitating toward this issue. It, you have ma- the mainstream gravitating toward this issue. All of a sudden they're like, okay, let's talk about this. There was an article that came out a couple of days ago. It said that the Pentagon 
the Pentagon, and it was in a mainstream paper. The Pentagon warns that there may be a mothership, that's what they said, that's what they called it, a, a huge mothership in our solar system sending, uh, 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 what do you call it, drones or, or uh, what do you call those? Rogues. 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 Yeah, that's what we're, rogues, rogues to our planet to, to check out some spies. I was like, Okay. Uh, well, I mean, I don't believe that that's not possible, but for them to say that in, in, you know, on a public forum like that, this was unheard of 10 years ago, less than that. So the, look at the way things have changed. Why? Why are they talking about the things that they're talking Because you're right, sir. The arrival, they're coming, but it won't be them. It'll be fallen angels masquerading as aliens, and they will say, we're your gods. We created you, and they will want us to worship them. Mark my yeah. words. Yeah, Noise made a big statement about that. She said, people's going to see new beings. Beings going to come more, much more. They come from there. She points to the sky. You mean the alien beings, the UFOs, because that's the lie. Beings going to show more and more. they no going to hide. Don't play games. It'd be time they show they be here all along. I find that really, really interesting. Then she says, it'd be good when peoples believe because they're going to see with own eyes. They're going to have to believe. It'd not be good when people's going to question state about state stuff new already long uh, for a long time. They're going to be plenty angry at the state. They're going to want to know why state hides stuff from the people. They're going to make poor, uh, uh, this going to make people no trust the state. But people's now going to question church. How about what church say about spirits? How about what church say first man, first woman? Some of that no stand up now. People's going to be much angry at the church. And then she says they're going to have the truth. They're going to bring it with them. What do you think of that? I, I believe they will. Well, one of the things that, that we talk about in the lives of men and gods is that um, the, uh, the, the idea that um, these beings created us is the lie and that they're fallen angels, but the fact that she says that they've been here all along, she's absolutely right. Because we make this, uh, and I don't want to give away too much of the movie again, but there is this, this disclosure, if you will, uh, that mm-hmm. comes out of various meetings, that various interviews that we've had. Tom Horn is in the meeting. Um, you know, other people are in the meeting, or in the movie, I should say. So you see the Vatican that is already preparing the world for uh, the, the aliens to come. And, and you know, you've had the church write new doctrine that says that uh, they, uh, the, you know, that aliens can be baptized. But then they also say that, uh, wait a minute, uh, we, uh, we know that we are fallen, right? We know that, that we are fallen beings. Um, and he's referring to the garden and Jesus uh-huh. and all this other stuff. He's, what the church, what the Vatican is saying is that 
but they may not be. So they are coming here, maybe coming here, to baptize us in a new understanding, right? Yes. They're going to have some answers, but it's not going to be the truth. It is, in fact, it will be the great deception, right? it'll It'll be ugly, I'm telling you, because people will fall for it, hook, line, and sinkers. The Bible says... And that at the end of the age, that you know, that fallen angels will do miracles. Will do, uh, you know, you'll, you'll have uh, the Antichrist doing miracles, right? And, and so, how how do they do that? Well, I mean, it's pretty easy to think this when the aliens show up and they start doing all kinds of stuff, cures for cancer, and yeah. But folks, we, this is all technology that's been here. This is what we, this is one of the things that we pointed out in Megadrive. You know, people, again, when it comes to geoengineering and weather manipulation, uh, people don't understand that we have been doing this for a long time. Where did that come from? It's fallen angel technology. But you have LBJ in 1957 standing in front of uh, a commencement uh, uh, program giving the keynote speech, and he says, we are developing a weather satellite that will change the world's cloud layer. And he said, whoever controls the weather controls the world. It's on tape. And it's in that first movie, Mega Drive. But the point is that this technology is not our own. This technology has been here all along. Not, not been here all along, but if you read the book of Enoch, it tells you that fallen angels brought technology to mankind. And they've not yes. stopped. I mean, they have been manipulating mankind with technology, you know, this whole time. I was talking about today on the podcast I did uh, about, uh, I called the podcast Quantum Confusion, right? <laughs> because I started talking at the end, right? I was, I was trying to make a point, but I started talking about quantum entanglement, right? And I t- started talking about how, how um, these things apply to the supernatural realm. That they, Why are we seeing what we're seeing? Because, you know, when Jesus said that whatever you uh, bind on earth, so I'll be bound in heaven. People want to make a whole doctrine out of this. Out of this one verse, they'll take it out of context, right? That verse, uh, where's it now? I forget now. But that verse has to deal is dealing specifically with Peter because Peter just uh, made a declaration of faith, the first one ever to do so. He said, "Jesus asked him, who, who do you people say I am? Who do you say I am?'" And Peter looks at him and says, well, you, you're the Messiah. You're the Son of God. And, and Jesus says to him, it, 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 was the, it was the Father that showed you this. He said, you are Simon Peter, which means uh, Petros, which is pebble in Greek. And uh-huh. upon his rock, Petra, upon himself, upon his rock, Petra, this huge boulder, I will build my church. And he says, whatever you bound on earth will be bound in heaven. And he goes on, and he talks about this. So people want to make a whole doctrine. I can, I can declare things to everybody. No, you can't, right? No, you can't. What he's talking about is that there's this entanglement between heaven and earth. And it's, it's physics, folks. I mean, it's quantum theory. That is exactly what he's talking about. There is, there is an attachment. If you know the Lord, and you, I just told you how powerful you are in, in, in the Lord. With the Holy Spirit, if you're really walking with him. If you know the Lord and that power that raised Christ from the dead lives in you, there's this direct connection that cannot be changed, that cannot be severed. And this is what he was getting at. My, my point is this, that you, you will have uh, uh, 
ugly things show up. You will have, uh, you know, aliens masquerading, uh, four angels masquerading as aliens. There's also a quantum entanglement, entanglement with uh, with dark supernatural powers, too. And you mm-hmm. see this affecting people more and more today. Why? Because the veil has been rent. It's been torn into. And I'm not talking about the veil on the temple that Jesus, uh, when he died, tore into. I'm talking about the supernatural veil between our worlds. It is breaking down, and we will see all kinds of crazy, scary stuff. And people aren't ready for that either, Stuart. It's not just no. aliens that will show up. It's going to be all this other crazy stuff. And people see that more and more all the time. It's just insane. Well, you know, it's interesting that Deuteronomy says that if you reject the Lord, he will smite the world with insanity. It uses madness. But this what, if you look up madness, it means insanity. And I think that's one of the reasons we're seeing what we're seeing. People are literally going <laughs> insane. <laughs> well, you know, you raise a good point. I'm going to go back to the financial issue here in a second, uh, for a second. The, uh, okay, so the first bank that failed was SVB, Silicon Valley Bank. But you know what's interesting? They're a woke bank. They, they, they have the whole transgender thing, you know, the whole climate change thing. They, they're woke, Right. Uh, and and I don't have to tell you that somebody that can't figure out if he's a man or a woman doesn't need to be running, you know, a bank with billions of dollars in it. Credit Suisse's president is also trans- transgender, and that's a woke organization, and they're verging on the on insolvency now. And if they didn't get an influx of a huge influx of cash from the uh, uh, the uh, uh, the Swiss uh, Central Bank, then they would have been mm-hmm. done today. They, they would have been done. They would have folded. Here's my point, right? You look around in our society, and you see insanity all over the place. But here's the thing, Stuart, that that insanity, that, that great delusion, that insanity, that people uh, want to just make stuff up and believe it, right? It has physical consequences, like banks folding, right? Like, like you know, countries falling apart, right? This is what I mean. You are absolutely right when when you quote out of Deuteronomy and it talks about uh, that he gives them an insanity because that is exactly what we are seeing today, and it causes causes a, a great delude calls it a great delusion someplace else. We are seeing this. It is madness on a scale that. You know, I'm 60 years old. I, I don't remember ever seeing this. Even the 60s weren't like this. <laughs> and they were pretty crazy times, but nothing like this. I mean, there's no basis of reality for most people these days, especially if you don't know the word. I mean, yeah. you believe yeah. anything. <laughs> it's, it's, it's absolutely crazy. But, you know, it was the, the days that we were walking in, God wasn't surprised when he made – when he when he had you or me or anybody else that was born, he was walking through his days. He chose you to be born for a time such as this. I don't like it. I don't want to walk through these days, but he has a reason. We have a mission. Whatever it is, I don't know. I don't. I don't I, well, I I do know. I, I try to do what I what I do. I'm busier now than I've ever been. I'm so tired. <laughs> but the Bible says 
to Jesus said, to work while it is day because night comes when no man can work. We are very yep. close to night now, folks. That's very why close. I call the show Night Shadows. <laughs> we are very, very close to where you can't work at all. And uh, In fact, we've been shadow banned. We were thrown off YouTube uh, with extreme prejudice. We can't get back on there at all. And it's just amazing wow. what they're doing. They cannot stand the truth of Jesus Christ. They just cannot stand it. And I, I, another form of insanity, I guess. I had a question for you, though. Do you think yes. that there will be war before the arrival? Yes, yes, I do think. I think, uh, well, <laughs> I say that, but, uh, okay, so let me, let me, let me go back and tell another story here. I was, uh, Larry knows that, that uh, I was a missile guy. When I first got in the military, I, I was stationed up in Montana, and I ran the missile sites repairing equipment, stuff like that. Well, uh, there were these rumors at that base that uh, a, a UFO came, and it shut down a flight of missiles. Now, a flight of missiles I don't know if it's still this way, but a flight of missiles is 10 missiles that's controlled by a, um, a launch capsule. Launch capsules are buried deep underground mm-hmm. to protect them from nuclear weapons. Uh, but each one controls, uh, and again, I don't know, this, I don't think it's classified information. It, each one controls um, 10 missiles. That's called a flight. Well, so the UFO sh- shows up, and it shuts everything down, all power, every com- means of communication, everything. They have redundant systems there, and I can't go into those, but that's impossible. That, I'm telling you, because I used to work in that field, it is impossible for that to happen. And yet, there was this rumor that this is what happened. Lo and behold, you know, I wake up, and, you know, I wake up, I mean, I become Christian, I do, I'm doing what I do now, and I, I come across a story that, and, and, and interview or interviews with people that were there. This really did happen. So, I, if you ask me this question, will, will U.S. folks show up before uh, a war or after? I tend to believe it will be after. But if they if they showed up before and they really wanted to stop us, they probably absolutely could, <laughs> because there's evidence that that they, they they're, they're still still doing this. I mean, they, there was a missile test that I think was launched out of Vandenberg uh, in California. And then UFO shows up, knocks a missile out of the sky. It just goes dead, knocks it out of the sky. Uh, so there's technology that can be employed, employed to stop war. But the only reason I say that I, I think there will be war first and then they will show up, because they have to get rid of us. This yep. is the thing. They have to get rid of America. They have to get rid of the, of the dollar the only thing that stands between a new world order, a true new world order, I don't care what the guy says, uh, and a one world currency is America. Uh, and, well, maybe not so much now because we're diluted, but, uh, and, and it's not the same country it once was, and I don't, I don't think it's ever coming back, but the point is that, uh, we gotta be gone. They, they gotta, they gotta do, and I don't mean that, uh, I don't mean that in the sense of the rapture, right? Because I don't necessarily believe the rapture, but 
we got to be gone from uh, interfering with them, and the only way they can do that is to take us out. And so, uh, and I've seen I've seen the war, and then I saw at the same time of the war, I saw observers, and I wrote these in my books. I saw observers in the, in the form of uh, uh, UFOs watching, watching. Uh, so I think there's going to be a war. I think it will be very quickly. I, I don't I don't think it'll take long at all. I think it'll take not 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 weeks, not months. Uh, maybe not even days, maybe just hours, because that war will go hot very quickly. It will be nuclear. And, uh, uh, you know, I talk a lot about this as well. You have Russia and China now um, building very close ties, but I guarantee you that they're also building, uh, you know, plans to take us out. So when... Okay, so for, for your audience, I, they probably know this, but I'm going to go over this, right? The, the, the issue with Ukraine, and I want to backtrack just a little bit on Ukraine. Um, NATO wanted to bring U, Ukraine into NATO and then put missiles, nuclear missiles, on their doorstep of Russia in, in Ukraine. That would mean that they'd have a five minute, they'd have a five minute flight time to Moscow. Putin said, "No, you're not going to do that. We want we want security concessions." And this is when this whole thing started, right? Well, yep. hold on a second. Fair is fair. Let's be truthful about things. That's exactly what happened in 1962, 63, something like that, with Kennedy and Khrushchev. The Soviet Union then put missiles in Cuba that were five minutes flight time from Washington, D.C. What did Kennedy do? Kennedy said, no, uh-uh, we're not doing it. We will go to nuclear war unless you take those out. So there was an embargo and all this other stuff, and uh, a blockade, I should say, and sure enough, they pulled them and, and whatever. So, I mean, fair is fair. Putin didn't want it. But it's not just that. What what. We have, I don't think for a second that, that Russia is absolutely innocent in what's going on. Uh, however, I tend to think that, that Ukraine is probably a lot worse because when, when Putin and the rest of the Russians say that there are Nazis in, in uh, the Ukraine, there are Nazis in Ukraine, and they're running the country. <laughs> I can't go into all that right now, but the point is that, that when, not if, but when uh, the first NATO country – Gets hit, and I think it might be Poland, right, uh, or Slovakia. Mm-hmm. Just said today they were sending, they were sending, uh, 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 what jets to uh, to Ukraine. Uh, it will prompt Russia to act. I think Russia, for the most part, has been very. Um, they they've really been. I don't know. Their patience, their patience is tried, but they've really been uh, holding back because if they mm-hmm. really wanted to. If they really wanted to, they are Russia. They are mighty. They could have took out Ukraine totally. They could have wasted everything, right? They haven't, right? They haven't went it. Yes, it is true that they launched some, some missiles and there have been barrages and, you know, hurt the infrastructure. But if they really wanted to attack Ukraine, they could have. They could have done, and Ukraine would not be a country right now if, if they really, really wanted to. But here's the point, that at, one, at some point, Russia is going to lose patience and they will go after a NATO country. When that happens, Article 5 of the treaty is enacted. If one, Article 5 says if one country of the, the alliance is attacked, 
every country is attacked, and then it's on. It is World yep. War Three, because then Russia knows that they cannot defeat NATO head to head. NATO has too much uh, manpower. They have too many weapons. There's too many of us, right? It's an alliance of uh, uh, dozens of countries. Russia knows this, but Russia is is uh, out. Uh, class everyone, with the exception of China, in the nuclear capability section of their military. They are yes. able, well, they have hypersonic missiles, they have uh, Satan uh, 1 and 2 missiles. These things go uh, like uh, 12, 13 times the speed of sound. We can't shoot them down, nor can they be seen on radar. So when I said that war would be short. When Russia lets loose, we will have no defense. Our missiles may not even be out of ground. And we have tech, they still have the technology that, that I worked on in the ground. Well, I mean, there's probably upgrades, so, but it's the same missiles, Minuteman 2s and 3s. Now, and there are some others, but uh, the point is that Russia has not stopped developing. Then you also have China. Now, in, in Megadron, I said, you know, when, when, uh, when Russia hits uh, Ukraine and, and – China would be drawn into a war as well, and they would go after Taiwan. If China and Russia are making a defense pact, as soon as this war breaks out, Russia will go after us on one front, and China will go after us on the other. That's what I mean. We can't survive. And that is the That's plan. Right. The plan is not for us to survive. So anyway, will UFOs come and, and, and stop us? Uh, I don't think so, because they'll show up after to clean up the mess. That's when they become, uh, you know, the, the overlords, if you will, of the planet, because uh, people will, will will be crying out for somebody to fix them, and uh, it'll be those guys. They'll just show up and say, oh, look, we created you. We're you guys, and we'll take care of everything from here. So uh, yeah. anyway, that's my take on it. Well, I was wondering, because Revelation 13, 4 through 6, and they worship the dragon, which gave power unto the beast. And they worshiped the beast, saying, who is like unto the beast, and who is able to make war with him? Well, that kind of indicates that the dragon has already arrived, Revelation 12, and the arrival's already taken place, and so now that is the great dragon. Now, we also have... Uh, Dude, course, I gotta get uh, you, I gotta get you yeah, that go movie. Ahead. I, I think you'll find that i got to get you that movie. Right? <laughs> you got to see that movie. Because just what you just said is addressed in this movie. And and we give you evidence of, of we back it up as well. So uh, you'll find it interesting. But I, I think you're on the right track. Here's the other interesting thing, right, that the Chinese say that they are the, the descendants of the dragon. Yes. That's what they say. Now – and what if – go ahead. I, I was just going to say, from, from an earthly perspective, the red dragon of Revelation 12 appears to be China. Well, remember the arc I just referenced where, where uh, Z went before this world body and he says we should, we should make a world covenant, we, we, a world yes. civilization. What if they get rid of us and they actually do that and China's at the head of it because now they're, they're the biggest military in the world, they're the, the wealthiest country in the world, they naturally become the leaders. They take the place of the United States and they are the dragon. 
right? So they, yep. who do they hand their power over to? The, the beast. Okay, who is that guy? Well, that guy's the Antichrist, right? Mm-hmm. But it, it, he, he's, he's something much more than, I think, human. He's probably a fallen angel uh, masquerading as human or something like that. Uh, I don't know. Uh, but I, I think you're on the right track. But that, yeah, that movie, kind of wild. Lies of Man God, that movie, lies, well, you'll find it interesting because we address this very issue in that movie, at least part of it anyway. Oh, good, good. Larry, you've been quiet. What do you got a question for Dan? Oh, I was just I was just listening and listening. I was thinking about something that years ago I, I you know years ago I was a cop in Fort Worth, Texas. That's been a long time ago, actually. And I got to get Dan one of these days. I've got to get Daniel and John Vanderventer on the show together because John was in the U.S. Air Force and he actually did some of the work. I think similar to, to Daniel's. Uh, they could probably chat up a storm, but. Uh, Anyway, uh, I was years ago when I was in Fort Worth. You know, I worked a midnight shift, and that was a shift nobody wanted. And uh, it was it was, a lot of times it was quiet. And you know, I'm out there driving around trying to stay awake. And so I used to listen uh, to Art Bell, and of course, you know, Stuart, you know Art Bell. And oh, yes. one of his one of his early shows, though this was this was years ago. Uh, one of his early shows, he had a. Tr- it was really strange because y'all mentioned New York and somebody nuking New York, and of course we. There's been an incredible amount of prophecies about that, New York City, and uh, there was a, a something I never forgot on Art Bell. He and you know there was a lot of truckers. Art Bell always he had a trucker line. Actually, if you were a trucker, you could call in on Art Bell and and talk on uh, the trucker line or whatever they called it. And anyway, uh, one of the truckers called in, and he said, you know, said I drive a truck to New York City all the time. And he said, uh, you know, I go up there and deliver stuff, and then I I'm, I'm drive out empty, and then I, after so long I have to pull over the side of the road and I sleep for a while. And he said, I had the dadgumdest dream I want to tell you about. He said, I dreamed that, uh, that I was driving a, a load to New York City, Everything seemed normal. Everything seemed fine. And said, I went and I I backed up and, and, you know, they unloaded my truck. And when I was done, it was, it was dark. And I started to leave the, the route I came out. And he said, something made me go another direction and said, I was driving an FD 18 wheeler, you know, late at night. And I was driving, I actually started, he said, I don't know what it was. Now, if this is a, a real dream from the Lord, it probably is Holy Spirit directing him. But in, he said, I drove, began to drive down residential streets. And he said, I don't know what was going on, but he said, every once in a while I had to stop, get out, and raise the back of my truck uh, uh, door uh, and said people would all come out of their homes and load on the truck. And he said, I went on till I was full and said, I left with a full truckload of, of human beings, people, that were directed to my truck to get in it, and said, when I left New York City, he said I was about 90 or 100 miles away from New York City, and he said there was a massive white blast in my rear view mirror, but, they, but those in my huh. truck were saved. Can you believe that? Yeah, I do. Huh. <laughs> Man, Babylon, the great city, is eliminated. 
right there in the book of Revelation. And let me ask you a question, because uh, Daniel may owe some answers to this. I figure you do, too. But, you know, when you mentioned uh, our economy, just one nuke probably in downtown uh, New, uh, New York City would probably completely shut everything down. Because if I, if I remember right, most everything vital to this entire nation, uh, the credit cards, the banking systems, uh, the uh, communications, and you name it, is underground in New York City, and whether or not this they, it was destroyed by a, bla- a nuclear blast, if it was the right kind of nuke, you couldn't go there for a thousand years to even try to fix anything. Well, well I'm pretty there. sure they have. Uh, I'm pretty sure they have uh, redundant systems so that if it happened to New York, because you gotta understand, New York's not the only market, right? There's a the Chicago Mercantile Exchange is, you know, it's Pacific. There's, there are exchanges throughout the country. Uh, but if you recall, it, during 9-11, right, they shut down everything, right? It was shut down. And they did that because of panic. If there were just one, and I don't think for a second there only be one, <laughs> But if it was just one nuclear detonation in New York, it would paralyze us. It would shut everything down, not because they destroyed everything, but because they shut it down. But, I, you know, this makes me think about uh, uh, Dimitri Dudeman's vision when yes. he went to, 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 you know, he flew over California, so that's Sodom and Gomorrah, and all these different places. New York, Sodom and Gomorrah, and all, these, all those places were destroyed. So um, I, I think it'll be more than one move, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. It's, we're we're heading for for bad, bad trouble. I mean, uh, it says in the Book of Revelation that mighty Babylon gets uh, four times what it gave out. Well, we gave out two: uh, Hiroshima and Nagasaki. So we go, we're going to get eight back. So if that is taken literally, so <laughs> that means eight. Cities I, of America are going I to be destroyed. I never Take thought us. of that. That's, I, actually, I've never thought of that. That's interesting. Yeah. Uh, the, no, the, and the, it becomes a surprise. Total surprise. Uh-huh. Nobody thinks it could happen. We're there. Well, that's what, uh, that's what Henry Groover said. Remember Henry Groover's visions before he died? Uh, he said that uh, that we tried to put out a warning, but we couldn't even do that. We wasn't even able to put out a warning that we just got hit. Yeah. Hmm. Well, anyway, we got about three well, minutes left. Uh, Dan, what do you what do you want to bring up next? <clears throat> well, Stuart, I know it's your audience, and you're talking about such things all the time. Um, but, folks, you know. These are serious times. These are these are times uh, that we better be walking so closely with the Lord that we better be uh, have a repentant heart on a continual basis, not just once or twice. And I'm good, a continual basis, right? Because all of us need to repent, and we better be worshiping Him, and we need to thank Him for the things that He has given us, because this nation is under judgment, right? And I've had personal judgment in my own life through my own sin and stupid actions and mm-hmm. having to uh, repent, right, on a regular basis. But 
I learned years ago that in the middle of that, in the middle of that discipline, because the Bible says that whom the Lord loves, he disciplines. And, and so, guys, he loved me a lot. <laughs> I always say he took, he took me behind the woodshed and he, he dealt with me as a good father would. Uh, but my point is that out of that, I learned that I needed to worship him, even in the pain, even in the discomfort, right? And that would, that would put a soothing bomb on my life, and it would, it would change uh, the direction of things. It would show him that I was serious about my repentance, and it would show him that, that I was willing to, to walk the way he wanted me to walk. And I was a Christian then. Uh, so my, my, my advice to you, audience, is this is judgment. Everything that we've been talking about for the last hour and a half is judgment. In the yes. middle of this judgment, or at least just before, we need to remember that we need to worship him and thank him and praise him. And if judgment takes us out, if it takes me out, Stuart, takes you out, Larry, or, or you know, uh, anybody else in the audience, a bomb falls on us or we, we you know, get sick or whatever the case may be because all kinds of things are coming at us. The Bible says, Paul said, to live is Christ, to die is gain. If we know him and he knows us and we walk with him and we are his, then we're going to be okay in the end. Yep. And, and in the middle of this, we, just, we can't be fearful, but we've got to have our eyes wide open at the same time. Yep. Larry, last words. Oh, that, that was a good word. I appreciate so much Daniel coming on. And, Daniel, uh, tell people where they can get all this information or access to it. Uh, well, a lot of that stuff is on Steve Quayle's site. You can get the movie there. You can get, uh, well, movies there, and uh, you can sign up for QCast there, podcast. Uh, as far as and in in those podcasts, I always list uh, all the various articles and stuff that I'm that I'm writing. But also, there's my website if you're interested in my books or anything. It's DanielHoldings.com. Feel free to go there. Uh, but folks, it's always good talking with you all, and thank you so much for your time and listening. Okay, thanks everybody for listening. Thanks, Larry, for coming on. And uh, hopefully everybody has a heads up. Um, anyway. Um